Hey everybody, this is today's host, Pappy, and before we get started with our Aladdin episode today, we have a big announcement. Brett, what do we have for our fans? Uh, we are sponsored by Letterboxd, Woo-hoo! and Letterboxd is a website app type where uh, you can make lists and rate movies and rank movies and follow people. It's great. Um, they're giving us one free pro account or a six-month extension on your existing Patreon if you're one of those. And what that includes is detailed, personalized stats on every movie you've ever watched. You can see which director you've seen the most, what actors' films you've rated the highest, and you can even filter your list based on the availability of those movies on different streaming services. See what's on Netflix, see what's on Amazon Prime. It made my life so much easier. So, Brett, how can the fans win this? Uh, we're going to be giving away one of these free uh, pro accounts to whoever sends us our favorite Aladdin fan art. Yep, so we're going to be judging it internally here at Spoilers. You can email it to podcastspoilers at gmail.com or better yet, slide into our DMs at podcastspoilers on Instagram. We're going to announce the winner there and on the podcast, and they get a free, free, free Letterbox Pro or extension on their Patreon. So without further delay, on with Aladdin. If you want to take women on a magic carpet ride, all you got to do is be yourself. This is... This is a kid's movie, Pat. A nice, wholesome opening spoiler for you guys. Um, Well, salam and good evening, dear friends. Welcome to the most magical movie podcast in the world, Spoilers. I'm your host, Pappy, recording as always from Denver, Colorado. And like I mentioned, this is our first movie review episode on a Disney Animated Studios film, uh, Aladdin, directed by studio legends John Musker and Ron Clemens. Uh, I think we've got a full boat joining me today, right? Yeah, oh, full yeah. house. Mm-hmm. There we go. So let's start off with the uh, the man who I won the privilege from hosting uh, from. Uh, he hosted the Too Fast, Too Furious episode, Josh. Why don't you tell the good listeners where you're recording from, and what's the first movie you remember seeing in theaters? Hey, teenagers. Take off your clothes. This is Josh from Goshen, <laughs> Indiana. Um, what was your second question, Pat? Uh, what's the first movie you remember seeing on the big screen? Uh, I think it was like Five Will Goes West or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I can't remember which one, but we've done Ninja Turtles. Aladdin's got to be in the first five or eight I ever saw in theaters. That's pretty so, good. We, a, a lot of great memories with this movie, and my brother Jordan and I were just joking before the pod that this movie has kind of been in our vernacular since ever since we can remember. <laughs> Speaking of brother Jordan, let's go ahead and introduce him. You're from North Carolina tonight. Uh, I guess, is there anything new in your life that's that's been happening recently? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm a little surprised right now. I thought we were reviewing uh, Fast and the Furious fate of the furious tonight <laughs> so I, I think i watched the wrong movie glad you came prepared <laughs> be prepared that's oh. not what he's getting at basically the same plot <laughs> jordan when's the last time you watched aladdin uh it would have been probably when our littlest brother jared was uh i don't know five or six when we were like driving to florida i remember watching it a few times when he was like into that stuff um, but it's been a while and yeah, there were a few lines that really came back to me. The, another suitor for the princess one. Was another suitor sh- for the princess. <laughs> <laughs> apparently that was a catchphrase at the long household when you guys were, <laughs> apparently yeah, for yeah. some reason, <laughs> Josh would walk into a room why. and say that and the audience would just start clapping. Like that was just... <laughs> I'm not sure why that caught on, but that like really cracked me up during this. 
All right, let's bounce it back over to our home state of Indiana. Money, Mikey Tor, you last hosted on the Tokyo Drift episode. Uh, I saw you gave this movie five stars on Letterboxd. I'm really glad that you love it. Would you say this is your favorite Disney movie? Uh, I really like Lion King, too. I say that's uh, on par with Aladdin. But yeah, I think uh, as a kid, I probably watched this one way more than any other Disney movie. And yeah, you spoiled my uh, review here. It's going to be an absolute yes dog. (laughs) (laughs) Yes dog, a rare yes dog. This is spoilers. And speaking of spoilers, it wouldn't be spoilers without staunch Brett, baby-faced Brett, back from vacation (laughs) Brett. Tell us about your travels around the world, really. Uh, Hey, everybody. Uh, Back in Fort Wayne, um, we had a fantastic trip. We went around florida a bunch a lot of driving too much driving but we went on a cruise and went to haiti and jamaica and it was really cool saw kennedy space nice. station what was your favorite thing you saw on the trip i uh, went to tallahassee for the first time and i saw dope campbell stadium that was my favorite thing for the oh. first time who, who plays there florida state F- fu ah. seminoles seminoles fu and last but not least <laughs> And Ghostbusters 2 is the last first movie I remember seeing in theater. Wait, Brett traversed the seas, and his favorite thing he saw was a football <laughs> kick, kickball stadium. In What's going on I've here? I've seen the seas before. I, they were amazing. Haiti was really cool. Hey, staunch Brett um, loves America. Back off. Don't worry about <laughs> it. <laughs> but as I was saying, this, last, this fun. last but not least, my, I, the uh, person I would consider my Disney superior, probably the only person on this podcast who knows more about Disney than me, my good friend Stevie, I understand that for this episode, you prepared a power ranking of sorts of, of Disney princesses. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so the initial thought was, let's do the hottest to least attractive princesses on the board. Oh, dear. It just so didn't mean. seem right to me. wasn't sitting well. Especially with the ages of these girls. No, no, no. A couple of them so, were animals. Yeah, it was weird. A couple of them were animals, according to Brett, because he thought <laughs> he Nala was a Disney princess. I um, asked if it was a Disney princess, you idiot. <laughs> Brett, Whoa. this is like the ninth podcast where you're throwing around slander, man. You hate me one, you dislike me another, now I'm an idiot. Cool it with you that. You called me a furry the other day. Brett. I don't like that. <laughs> I knew this was a rivalry. Happy yes. did. I didn't call you a furry. I'm not that Brett, clever. You, Brett, you had your turn. Let Stevie share his his power ranking, e- right? Because we're not love going you. off attractiveness. This is this is a power ranking, right, Stevie? This is love a you, power love you, ranking. Love you, love you, love you, Stevie. Here so, we go. number I, I have sixteen people. Number sixteen, Aurora, other otherwise known as Sleeping Beauty. She sleeps the whole time. Philip wins the day every time. <laughs> Snow White, the one who started it all, modeled, modeled after Betty Boop. Eh, whatever. Cinderella. How she didn't commit murder in her house is beyond me and a miracle and also a Disney movie I would see. But she's number 14. Number 13, Jane, the queen of the jungle. I mean, honestly, she doesn't do all that much, but she says, he took my boot and it makes me laugh every time. She's a baddie. Very baddie. (laughs) Number 12. Pocahontas. Pocahontas. There we go. Pocahontas. There we go. comes out. Yeah. Pocahontas, homegirl nearly sacrifices her entire tribe for Mel Gibson. Ranks her at number 12. Elsa, she sings Let It Go and can shoot, I mean, ice out of her fingertips. She's awesome. Number 10, I have Jasmine. Stands up for herself and she's best friends with the tiger. Seems pretty cool. Number 9, Rapunzel. 
Don't have a whole lot on her, except, I mean, Tangles is a really great movie. Next at number eight, we have Princess Anna. I mean, she's awesome, like as, my, as like all these girls are, but there's a great scene where she saves her sister by blocking a sword and turning it into ice and breaking the sword. Very cool. Number seven, we have Princess Tiana from Princess and the Frog. I mean, she's working odd jobs. Me might as well be two jobs to open up her own business so she can open up another string of businesses. Mad respect for her. She's hustling. Number six, we have Princess Vanellope von Schweetz. I mean, she fights tooth and nail to reclaim the memory of her life she once knew while learning to love herself along the way. Very cool. (laughs) Number five, we have Merida. She's pretty much Hawkeye of Disney princesses. Lethal. Number four, Belle. Stevie, you hate Hawkeye. (laughs) What's that? (laughs) You hate Hawkeye. Yeah. Everyone hates Hawkeye. But when it's a Scottish (laughs) chick in Scotland shooting arrows, it's awesome. Brave is is awesome. Brave is awesome. Number four, we have Belle from Beauty and the Beast. She convinced the ignorant townspeople that it's okay to read, her dad isn't crazy, and that a nine-foot monster out of hell is an okay guy. Number three... We have Ariel from Little Mermaid. She single-handedly saved the Disney animation department. Very cool. Very cool. Number two, even though she's not considered a Disney princess officially, I think she is. Number two, we have Moana. She traverses the sea, turns the rock into a good guy, and restored the heart of Defiti. And number one, which should be everyone's most obvious choice, is Mulan, the baddest of all Disney princesses. So that's my well, list. Little known fact, Belle was actually a furry. <laughs> oh, man. Thanks, mm. Brett. Mm. Well, Bring it right Pen- back hey. down to base. <laughs> mm. Who's Penelope? Penelope von Schweetz. She's from Wreck-It Ralph. Oh. Sarah Silverman. Yep. Let's get into the issue. Is your number 10, right? Jasmine? Um, mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about her movie. Enough with the furries. Let's get into some good old-fashioned wholesome Disney fun. Uh, we're kicking Ew. it off with Arabian Nights playing in the background. And Jordan, I want to start with you because this movie kind of has a a double intro of sorts. Could you take us through kind of um, the setup, the first person narrative uh, with Robin Williams and how the story kicks off? So it starts off with um, Jafar leading some, is it like a, a, what would you call him, like a... A ne'er do well, but before before that, a ne'er do well. Before that, we have the uh, the salesman guy. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot that this is all <laughs> okay. So this is something I just kind of cottoned on to this time watching it. Is this? I think this is all just a made up story by the fucker trying to sell me a lamp in the street. <laughs> so, <laughs> so apparently, the theory is is that is the genie. Uh, who is free oh. and that was I guess confirmed by Disney at some point and the original plan was to have him be a reveal at the end but but Robin Williams is kind of I guess improv improvising a lot here uh, with some props that he had on set did did you find that kind of humorous with the farting Tupperware and the uh, hookah machine that makes french fries look at this yes <laughs> combination hookah and coffee maker also makes julienne fries will that break will that... it broke I really did. I this is a part that I like sort of remembered from a kid, but I think I skipped or fast forwarded the old style way past it most times when I watched the movie because he's. I mean, he, what he like sets up a little shop in the in the street and he's trying to like sell you stuff. And yeah, it is just like a lot of ad libbing, and it ends up that he's like I said, he's trying to sell you the best thing that he can. And his last one is a he spins this yarn about a fake uh, street urchin that wins the affections of a princess 
He's really sold. Just sold. Just trying to sell you a Give shitty lamp. lamp. Yeah. Give me that fucking lamp. I want it. The story's kind of famous now, but I guess Robin Williams went into a room with a table and they like revealed items to him one at a time for like 15 minutes. <laughs> and this was the result. <laughs> oh, nice. That's so cool. And apparently not all of them were exactly safe for Disney. At one point, he pulled out a bra and goes, hey, it doubles as a slingshot and a yarmulke. I really should have called her. <laughs> <laughs> and they had to cut that out. <laughs> which, is, which is, I just fucking love Robin Williams. And, and Brett, I know you love Robin Williams too, but Jordan touched on it. So so uh, his character kind of sets into motion the story within a story. And we get a dark man with a dark purpose and a little narrative do well named Kazim. What are, what are those bozos up to in, in the desert? Uh, they are looking for uh, what are they looking for? The Cave of Wonders. Some, the Cave of Wonders, yeah. Uh, because <laughs> they seek a, a hidden lamp, I guess. So, um, it's are we supposed to... We're not supposed to know who that is yet, right? The creepy guy? I don't think so. Well, they had to get the half of the beetle to attach to the other half of the beetle. Ah, uh, yeah. Follow it. So yeah, they're looking for that cave out in the in the desert, and then they they come up on upon it, right? Who dares disturb my slumber? <laughs> yeah, it's a big tiger sand cave. Another great diamond line. in the rough. I bring rough. up the beetle though, just because like the magic items in this movie are also epic. I think, including that one, it's so cool. It like splits apart yeah. into like just a mound of sand and this huge. Like tiger with an earring comes out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that scaring the bejeepers out of me when I was a little kid. Yeah, it's pretty scary for sure. <laughs> the voice is terrifying. And the end. The voice is pretty scary. Gazim, he just gets like I assume he just dies of. Like, oh, he he's dead instantly. Choking on sand. <laughs> 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 he had a crazy rug burn from all that sand. <laughs> reduced to bone <laughs> really brutal but uh yeah Do we, you, did it ever did it ever enter kazim's mind that he might be the diamond in the rough <laughs> the, the lion's like or the tiger's like <laughs> only the diamond in the rough can come and when aladdin comes he's like yeah you can come on in but just don't touch anything so he's like he's like trying to warn him he's like nah bro don't don't come in my mouth right not now not you kazim <laughs> And Gazim, Gazim, and I think he says at one point that he cut off people's he- or slit people's throats to uh, get that second half of the beetle. Like, yeah, uh, kids' <laughs> yeah. movies, pretty dark, pretty dark start. But I mean, one of the things that I mean, these Disney movies do have a lot of dark themes. But one of the things they do have in common is pretty great um, music. We played a little bit of Arabian Nights, but uh, these Disney Renaissance films kind of all had the same um, composer. He wrote for Aladdin. Pocahontas, Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid, Hunchback, and Notre Dame. Um, he was nominated for eight Academy Award or won eight Academy Awards and nominated eighteen times, and has a net worth of a hundred million dollars. Um, Holy crap! His name's Alan Menken, and he's uh, a, a Disney legend as Disney legend goes. Um, actually, it was if you watch the opening credits, you'll see that it's like Alan Menken and Howard Ashman, and then it's Alan Menken and Tim Rice, and then that's because actually Howard Ashman pitch the movie it was his whole idea to to take the story from a thousand and one nights and make it into a disney movie but unfortunately he passed away um 
from AIDS and wasn't able to see the project through. So that's why there's kind of, he's has double writing credit there. But I, mm. I think one of the most iconic songs, Mikey, um, where we kind of establish Aladdin and Abu as a character is one step ahead um, where he's singing about the bread. What, what kind of goes down in that song? And what, what do we learn about Aladdin and Abu here? One jump ahead of the bread line, one swing ahead of the sword. I steal only what I can't afford. That's everything. One jump ahead of the lawmen, that's all, and that's no joke. These guys don't appreciate I'm broke. Oh, uh, yeah, we, uh, it's a great song because it uh, kind of shows Aladdin's character at the same time. He's uh, running away from guards after stealing a loaf of bread. And I couldn't, like, tell you any lyrics right off the top, but he's running around <laughs> the city, and it's actually pretty hilarious. He's running over coals and, like... <laughs> The monkey is fighting off uh, a couple of th- uh, the guards with the sword. He's got a sword. All- We've got swords. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that part. He gets uh, sexually assaulted by a couple women. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he runs into like a, a brothel, I think, or a harem of women. <laughs> a harem. And, uh, a harem. <laughs> and then uh, he's just like flying all over the rooftops and stuff. It's actually pretty awesome animation, and uh, the song is really really catchy all of the songs in this movie are really catchy but uh yeah it's a really great character setup kind of one of the things that comes up time and time again is abu is a thief and he's kind of always fucking shit up for aladdin a little bit (laughs) oh yeah abu's the best man he's great elephant abu is my favorite (laughs) in this universe do we just assume that all animals can like either talk or totally understand like sentient beings and stuff (laughs) yeah I just all don't. animals and carpets. Yes, the parrot's having full-on conversation. tradition and giving advice. <laughs> Pappy, I didn't want to move on from the intro before I said like what my slant is for watching this movie this time. But give us a um, slant. I, I, I kind of feel like Aladdin should just like get a job. Like <laughs> if he spends as much you time sound practicing like now, you sound so Josh. Josh, Josh. But wow. he's such a talented kid. I've like, never felt closer to you, Josh. <laughs> he's stealing from all these people that are like working their butts off in the market. Like, dude, I, I don't know exactly what his situation is. It's very unclear, but. What if it's a caste <laughs> system, Josh, and he's like the lowest of the low and no one will give him a job? Well, they how, say he how has old do no we think family. he is? He has yeah. The, yeah, that's the thing. How old is he? And he has no family. So he has he's, like, He's a, living on the street. He's 16 years old, homeless, with a monkey as a best friend. How do you know he's 16? Because <laughs> that's what Jasmine's bipolar. age is. No, okay. Jasmine, well, she was 15, and he was age was changed to 18. I don't know what... They keep changing it, so I don't know what it is now, but... Who's there? Whatever makes it what? not creepy, Brett. I would also contest the fact that he's homeless, because his apartment is nicer than my apartment, like four <laughs> out of five days <laughs> a week, so... It's got a great view. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I guess one other part of, of 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 that one step ahead song that I love is uh, the guards after uh, Aladdin bamboozles them. They fall into Crazy Hakim's discount fertilizer. <laughs> 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 A nice little nice little detail. And yeah, I think I think you guys mentioned that like even though he's stealing all this bread, he gives it to to a little kid. But um, we see a potential suitor. On the way to the palace, Prince Ahmed. Um, you actually, there's kind of a cameo from the directors because uh, they, they, one of the two of the characters says, uh, "On his way to the palace, I suppose." Another suitor for the princess, and that's uh, Ron Musker. And uh, 
the other guy. Uh, it's their caricatures <laughs> in the movie. So that's pretty cool. Um, but Stevie, we fast forward to the palace. How would you characterize the relationship between the Sultan and Jasmine as it's set up here? Uh, very contentious. Um, or, oh, you mean the Sultan? I thought you were talking about my mistake. Um, you're talking about her papa? Yeah, but I mean, it's still kind of contentious. It's still kind of contentious. He really, really wants her to find a man after she does away with uh, Prince Ahmed. And she's just like, you know, I'm not going to marry someone just because you tell me to. And it's kind of one of those things where he's like, I hope you never have daughters. <laughs> he goes, your mother wasn't so picky. Which is a <laughs> one of the best lines of the whole movie. But yeah, she has to be married to a prince by her next birthday. And then Josh, we get one of your favorite characters, Jafar, thrown into the mix. How, how would you describe Jafar's role kind of in this, in this early part of the movie? What happens here? Uh, so this is his first meeting with his boss over the course of the movie. Um, and I feel like he's just like Jim from The Office, sixth, seventh season level, like sick of his job at this point <laughs> in his life. Um, he's called the most trusted advisor, so he's like climbed almost to the top, but he's got this like kind of simpleton sultan in front of him, and he's a very frustrated man. I cannot believe. Okay, so Josh <laughs> chatted me separately and asked which season Jim is the most tired of his job. I cannot believe that's why you asked me this question. <laughs> there's, there's no comparison. What the Jaf- fuck are you Jafar talking about? Jafar just looks right in the camera and shrugs. Like, <laughs> Yeah. No. <laughs> Jafar has been pretty much his job every season. He's been always pulling pranks on the Sultan. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Jafar is clearly an evil dude that's been climbing the social ladder to get next to the Sultan and put him under a spell. I don't know. I think Aladdin's body count is far higher than Jafar's in this movie. Hmm. His what count? His body what count? count, kill count. Dude, all those guards live. They just get dumped <laughs> in some poop. <laughs> Jafar kills in like the second scene in the movie. He shoves and he tries to kill Aladdin. He shoves him back in the cave. Well, Aladdin is a thief. A street rat. He's a street rat for sure. Jesus, Brad. Uh, heart of gold. Heart of gold. Jeez, Brad. We get it. You want him to get a job. <laughs> no, he's called a street rat, man. Street rat. I love Aladdin, man. With a heart of gold. Diamond it's in cool, the rough. Diamond. Josh, why is Jafar an icon to you? Yeah. Because <laughs> he's ungodly tall with giant hands. Yeah. <laughs> and, and evil. Did you guys notice that Jafar's face is a different color than his neck? Or is that... <laughs> or is that a, a shirt? Uh, I think it's a shirt. I'm looking at it right now. Man, that's weird looking though. I mean, yeah, looking at Jafar, I do want to kind of shout out my my favorite animator all, of all time is Andres Deja, and he's the one who did the character design um, for Jafar. And just listen to these credits. He he did the animation for Roger Rabbit, Principal, King Triton, Hercules, Scar, Yzma, Lilo, and then now he's like, he owns Mickey Lilo. Mouse for Disney Animation Studios. So he's just a fucking Damn. badass. And like... Yeah. Anytime you watch a movie or like a documentary about the history of Disney, they're kind of, he's kind of the guy who they throw out there. Like, so he's super knowledgeable about the studio. Um, so he's pretty good. Jordan, why don't you just put in the thread right now? That the new Jafar is the hottest Disney villain ever, possibly. Interesting. The new Aladdin he stars a, the hottest. He's a hot villain. boy. He's got a he's got a six pack and a tat. Oh, yeah. very defined oh, yeah. features. Yes, yes, in- indeed. 
Jafar's kind of like a human version of Scar. I always kind of felt they were really similar. I always thought they were the same person, but obviously I don't hear it now. Well, yeah, same but. same principal director. And speaking of hot, Brett, someone who's one of the hottest <laughs> comedians who's ever lived, Gilbert Godfrey. Uh, um, oh, gosh. I, I love him because I'm a huge fan of the Howard Stern show, and he has so many classic moments on there. But I could see how his performance would be grating. What, what did you think about Iago, who starts to kind of open up a little bit more in the, in the scene? I can't take it anymore if I got to choke down on one more of those moldy, disgusting crackers. Calm yourself. No, I don't I don't have a problem with Gilbert Godfrey really or Iago. I mean like would I watch a whole movie with him talking like like that? No, but he's perfect in spots. I think he's pretty funny. I mean, you either like Gilbert Godfrey's voice or like you hate it, so and I, I like it, so he's pretty funny. He's a a tortured, mistreated bird. If you need a guy to sound like a bird, Gilbert Gottfried's your. <laughs> oh yeah, he's that. Yeah, he's the Affleck duck for sure. That's what I was gonna say. I hate his voice. It's super grating, but it is great as perfect. a parrot. It's yeah. awesome. That's true. And the writing is so perfect on the point for him too. So it was supposed to be Danny DeVito. Really? Oh, it would have been good too. That yeah. also would have been hilarious. Mm, yeah. He was first choice, and he said no. Ooh, that was a mistake. Oof. Eh, he came back as Phil. Yeah, that's yeah. not bad. <laughs> and Gilbert Godfrey was supposed to be Frank Reynolds on It's So Sunny. No. That, that ain't true. No, yeah, <laughs> definitely joking. <laughs> that would that'd be weird. That would suck. But uh, but fun fact, every time I have Jasmine written in my notes, I have it J-A-Z-Z-M-A-N. So Jasmine... <laughs> <laughs> Utah yeah. Jasmine oh my is God. clearly not happy with her life. Stevie, what does she do and, and what kind of happens uh, after she makes a decision? She sneaks out. Uh, she uh, decides to uh, dress as a commoner and go out amongst the city. And that's where, um, I forget, is she trying to steal uh, food for a young person as well? Like an apple, I think, yeah. Yeah, she doesn't even try to apple. steal it. It's so innocent. What a reference, what a biblical reference, too. Why is that, Josh? Women ruining everything by stealing the apple. Hey now, hey now, hey now. <laughs> and the uh, the merchant who's selling the apple says, "You know what happens to people who steal?" And he throws up. I mean, it's kind of a scary moment if you're a kid watching it. Like he's gonna yes. straight chop her arm off. And uh, Aladdin interrupts, and that's where Aladdin and Jasmine first meet. And of course, fucking Abu blows it again by stealing, stuffing all these diamonds and shit, and is like, <laughs> "Sure," and they come falling out. Um. Yeah. So there, there's. Oh my gosh! I'm literally watching the movie on my phone, and you guys said that exactly when he did on the phone. <laughs> that was that was awesome. Thank you for that. I got a question. If uh, Abu is yanking and rolling in diamonds whenever he's going on these little uh, <laughs> thief runs, how, how are they so poor? It wasn't diamonds. That was like nuts and plums and stuff. <laughs> I was going to say, Mikey, uh, you hosted Tokyo Drift. People don't always cut in their boss on the deals. This is one of those situations. That's true. Situations. Yakuza. <laughs> <laughs> he's, got, he's got some apples and some gold coins, so it's kind of both. So we get a quick cut uh, where Jafar realizes that uh, Aladdin is di- the diamond in the rough with the help from the Sultan's ring um, for some reason. And then we get some, we show that Jasmine's a strong, independent woman because she can vault over the gap. 
just like Aladdin does. And, and they both kind of feel feel trapped. And just kind of skipping ahead a little bit here, that the guards bust in. Uh, they think they're Can I just after point each something other. out though. There. The, oh, go ahead. Like how how competent is Jafar here? I mean, he figures out who the diamond in the rough is. Stat, and he has a system in place where he like snuffs out this commoner in like hours. That's impressive. We get it. You like him. <laughs> Jeez. It ain't easy to become the most trusted advisor to the Sultan. He's got some brains <laughs> about him. How's his How's his biography, Josh? Hey, man, yeah, I'm working on coming, it. Yeah. I'd read that. But Aladdin ends <laughs> up in jail. Um, it's kind of a funny scene because like, uh, Jafar tells Jasmine that he's been beheaded and it's super emotional. Like She goes out crying away and then Iago flies up. So how'd it go? <laughs> Asking. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Jordan, like we mentioned, Jafar's, Jafar's got a plan up his sleeve. He's running a long con here. Uh, what kind of, what's he doing to, to Aladdin in the dungeon? What, what's the plan here? He transforms himself into like a old decrepit man that's apparently been in this dungeon for decades. <laughs> He's so weird, gross looking. <laughs> oh, it's creepy. But he somehow knows of a secret door in the side and he leads him out to try to get him to go in the cave because he's the diamond in the rough. He needs a strong back to help him. Young pair of legs and a strong, strong back. back. Is that what you were digging for, Pappy? Yeah. Uh, no, not really. So, I mean, yeah, we get to the sand no. tiger. I mean, he, okay. he he promises Aladdin all the gold if if the decrepit old man can have the one lamp, which is a little suspicious, but... Aladdin's red flag should be going off, and they're not at all at this point. Um, they end up at the sand tiger again, the Cave of Wonders, and uh, like we mentioned earlier, Aladdin's allowed in, and I think this is one of my favorite production design shots of the whole movie i mean there's this awesome shot of him coming down the stairs and then we meet mm-hmm. the uh the magic carpet and i, I think this movie has some of the yes. best non-human uh characters uh, of any disney movie did, did you guys like the magic carpet oh yeah i wanted one so bad even though i was yeah. terrified of heights but i really wanted <laughs> one it's kind of like weird how expressive it can be. Yeah, it's, it's not just, just a not a human. It doesn't even have a face, but it still emotes quite a bit. It's great. Give me some tassel. Um, <laughs> I can't believe you skipped whoever has the gold makes the rules. The golden rule? Yeah, that was a pretty good part. <laughs> that was a pretty good part. And, and yeah, the... Jafar is pretty scary as he's as he's this guy who will come to see. But but first the the magic carpet leads him to the lamp, and uh, Abu once again fucks up and goes for this. My favorite part. This is your favorite. Well, go ahead. What tell us what happens? Well, as far as drawing goes, because I mean, Disney better than any other animation company, I think does scale better than anyone, especially shows in this movie, where like. There's this giant like rock tower he has to climb to get to the lamp, and when they pull back from it from a certain view, it just looks awesome, and like how absolutely grand it is. And like you said, Abu sees this what was it, a giant ruby, I guess. Yeah, being presented I mean, by like a, a gorilla or something. I don't know. Was it a monkey or a gorilla? I don't know the difference. I, I yeah. Joe Rogan, <laughs> it's a chimpanzee. <laughs> <laughs> could rip your limbs off and beat you to death with them. but right as Aladdin Whoa. grabs the lamp um, Abu pulls the ruby and all hell breaks loose because 
Infidels. Only touch the lamp. Infidels. That's terrifying. That's that's a pretty scary line right there. And then the play starts to uh, fall apart to hell. It's a pretty great action set piece that kind of follows. And it was the fucking hardest level in the history of all Super Nintendo games. On Super Nintendo? Yeah, I never... Oh, I hated that. I never beat it. But it's like bouncing in and out of first person. And I don't think I mentioned this. There's some early use of CGI on the magic carpet. Like the the pattern on the carpet is all CGI. But this whole sequence looks really great. And uh, yeah, Scary Jafar is like, first give me the lamp as Aladdin hangs there, almost dying. And then he says he's got to give him his eternal reward, which I guess is like stabbing him with the most jaggedy, scary knife <laughs> I've ever seen. That thing had some mileage on it. It's his prison shank. <laughs> exactly. So the, uh, Abu performs one last bamboozle and, and gets the gets the uh, the lamp back as Aladdin goes falling down. Um, there's a quick cut back to the to the palace where uh, Jasmine tells the Sultan about Jafar, but but this is the moment. We've all been waiting for back in the cave. Josh, who do we meet in the cave? Well, I got to first mention Jafar's uh, reaction on top of the sand. Oh, yeah. He he checks all his pockets and he's like, no, no, no. (laughs) Anytime I've ever like lost my keys or my wallet, like (laughs) that's exactly what's going through my brain. So we get it. You're Jafar. (laughs) I'm just saying he's really relatable. Um, to you only. Jafar did nothing wrong. (laughs) 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 Pappy, what I think you're getting at is Aladdin rubs the lamp and out pops probably the most iconic cartoon of all time. Ten thousand years! will give you such a crick in the neck. I mean, it's Robin Williams as a genie. That that could be the whole podcast, right? We talked about that earlier. This is the first time an A-list celebrity was used uh, kind of in an animated movie. You had Tim Curry and in, in Ferngully, but this doesn't even really come close. I mean, I guess... Mm, you have Mickey Rooney and Kirk Douglas in Fox and the Hound. That's true. That, that's fair, I guess, but... And Mickey George Rooney? Sanders in The Lion King. He's an Oscar winner. This is before The Lion King. I thought King. Kurt Russell was in Fox and the Hound. I said that, didn't I? No. Did I, did I say Douglas? Kirk Douglas. Yeah. Oh, no, Kirk Douglas, definitely not. Kurt Russell and Corey Feldman. He's not a celebrity. Fair points, but this, this was kind of definitely a, a He's new... He's not a celebrity. <laughs> 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 I got you, Pat. Like, he's like the biggest uh, star in the world, basically, at this time, so... Or right about to be at least. So yeah, I'm with you. How would you, Brett? How would you characterize his performance? Because it's it's manic. It's 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 awesome, but it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's like Robin Williams. It's like like kind of like the story you were telling earlier, or Josh was, where he's in a room just riffing on everything they're grabbing him or they're giving to him. That's pretty much how he is. I know. I think everyone's probably seen his stand up. It's just like that. He's just frenetic. All over the place. Prime cocaine Robin. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Sweating a gallon of sweat a night, drinking tons of water, having mm-hmm. super hairy arms. I mean, <laughs> it's just, it's prime. He's built like a chimpanzee. <laughs> yeah, he's he's thought we'd talk about he's it. He's got it these not crazy big arms water and so hairy. Robin Williams drinks. I think that was him holding the ruby earlier. He'll <laughs> tear Drew, your lips Drew, off. Uh, Stevie, you guys have probably seen this more recently than like me or Jordan or Josh, but like, did you guys, for the brothers and Brett, like who haven't watched 
this Disney movie for a while. Like, did you guys like pick up on more stuff? Like, he talks so fast. Like, I think there was stuff that I missed as a kid, just oh, like yeah. lines and jokes flying by that I've never even heard before until I like watched it recently. There was one where I had to pause the movie because I was crying laughing. And it's not even that funny, but I had never seen it before. Um, and it's where uh, Aladdin is like being paraded into town as a prince. And the genie shows up <laughs> as like a Macy's Day parade reporter. And he goes, don't they look beautiful, June? And he has like cold breath coming off like his mouth. I was laughing so hard. I had never seen that. And I had seen this movie at least 10 times. Yeah, I had no context for any of the like references when I was a kid, but like rewatching this, like you rub my lamp as Robert De Niro, dude, I <laughs> yeah. was fucking dying. That's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, that is stuff a good like one. that. Like he was talking about the hookah in the beginning of the movie. It's like I don't know what a hookah is when I was eight years old. Oh, or whatever. Yeah. It's like it's hilarious now. And and arguably, I mean, okay, probably the second most iconic song from this film would be "Never Had a Friend Like Me," where he he was kind of channeling this like big band cab calloway performance and it's i think robin williams is a pretty good singer don't you guys oh yeah mr lanza what will your pleasure be let me take your order jot it down you ain't never had a friend like me <laughs> life is your restaurant and i'm your melody come on whisper what it is you want you ain't never had a friend like me yes sir we pride ourselves on service you're the boss, the king, the shah. Say what you wish, it's yours. True dish about a little more baklava. As I'm a column A, try all of column B. I'm in the mood to help you, dude. You ain't never had a friend like me. Who was Robin Williams impersonating when he would go into the rules thing and he was like, oh, uh, there are a couple of provisos, a couple of flingos of halls. Like, I still don't know who that was. <laughs> His whole face changes into like an ugly British guy. <laughs> Are we too young to actually get that reference? Probably. Man, I saw it on the. Yeah, Brett looked that up. I, I had it before, and, yeah. and truth be told, I had all of the the sound, all of his impersonations from Jack Nicholas, Rodney Dangerfield on the soundboard, and then the fucking program crashed out on me. Talking to a rug. You're talking to a rug. <laughs> But yeah, Brett, try and try and find that for us. But yeah, I'm on but it. Stevie, the genie gives us three rules that Aladdin must abide by. What what are those three rules? The Can't first... bring back the dead. That's my favorite part of the whole movie. And like, I don't think it's probably people think it's that funny. He's like, and I don't like doing it. Oh yeah, it cracks me up. That is so funny. <laughs> no, that's so weird. That's the part that Jordan and I would rewind back all the time because like if you watch closely Aladdin like pukes in his mouth and stuff it's freaking really funny <laughs> is it William F. Buckley William F. Buckley interesting but yeah you can't bring, oh, back, you can't the bring back the dead you can't wish for more wishes uh, and what you can't is make the... someone fall oh, you can't love. make someone fall in love mm-hmm. uh, with another person yeah, so uh, Aladdin's going to pull a, a bamboozle here, but before we get on to that, I think it is worth mentioning at this point that Robin Williams it, being in this movie, Disney kind of fucked him over 
pretty bad. Um, he he had an agreement that he would do the movie for scale, so only making like $70,000 on the condition that his name, image, and likeness could not be used in any of the advertising and the genie could not take up any more than 25% of the advertising space in like a billboard or an ad or something. And then when it came, to, came time to promote the mo- movie, Disney was just like, eh, fuck that, and literally broke all of their promises to, yeah, to Robin Williams. Um, and it became like a real like fissure in their relationship. And, and most of Robin Williams' like iconic performances, like Mrs. Doubtfire, Good Morning Vietnam, Dead Poet Society, those were all like subsidiaries of Disney like studios. So like this really put a damper on the relationship. And it wasn't until Jeffrey Katzenberg uh, was replaced that Robin Williams would even accept a public apology from the studio. If you knew anything about Jeffrey Katzenberg, it makes a lot of sense, like why he did that to Robin. Why would Robin ask for that? Yeah, yeah. Not use his name? Uh, like, there is in the a movie. Not have not have the genie be in more of a quarter of the poster? Like, what? what's the point? There is a little bit of, like, urban legend that that's just like, oh, Robin Williams doesn't like marketing. But what I heard today was that Robin Williams today? is actually... Yeah, because I was listening. I was researching. I read that, like, Robin mm-hmm. Williams was worried about this movie competing against the movie toys Toys. yeah which he was more involved in Mm -hmm. so Uh, it's not really like this whole he's like some awesome dude it was more competitive thing or something Mm -hmm. apparently ceo bob Iger even bought him an original picasso to say i'm sorry and robin williams turned it down that's how pissed he was um jesus yeah (laughs) yeah but 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 back to the story. Jasmine tells Jafar that once she's queen, he's out. We get an "I love Lucy" after uh, they realize they'll be beheaded or banished uh, once that happens. Um, Iago <laughs> pitches to Jafar, "Hey, you could marry the princess." And, and Jafar loves how his little foul mind uh, works. But but back to our heroes, Jordan. We're at the oasis. Um, you think you can skip Jafar parts? Oh, well, go ahead, Josh. Is there more? <laughs> is there more to elaborate on Jafar? <laughs> Josh, I got a question. Who who's the real mastermind, Iago or Jafar? Because uh, Iago is given a lot of ad- advice throughout the whole movie. That's what I was actually shocked about. That it was Iago's original idea for Jafar to marry Jasmine, which I think in like a modern adult retelling of this is like Jafar's definitely either asexual or gay or something like it's not even on his mind to marry her and his pet bird has to be like this <laughs> this is what you could do to gain power <laughs> oh yeah i guess i could marry her <laughs> i mean you you brought it up and i actually wasn't going to touch on it but stevie it's kind of a thing that like most of the disney villains from this time are pretty clearly gay right very flamboyant. I mean, you can even go to Radcliffe and Pocahontas, and it's like, oh. He's got some like, glitter. He's got some glitter and glam going on there, for Are sure. They like Metro. And then you Ursula's have Ursula got a and drag. Yeah, that, that. Ursula's a drag queen. <laughs> well, yeah. And so, I mean, it's it's pretty common. I mean, it's pretty known. Wait, are are you saying that because Jafar didn't think about marrying and fucking the princess, that means he's gay? <laughs> Or is he just the, so much the, older the, than the, this the girl? Fi- the fifteen-year-old princess—that's what that means. I'm... Or he has high morals. Mm. He definitely does not have high morals. He's like killed a bunch of people. Yeah. Um, well, who has he killed? killed? Gotta, gotta draw the line somewhere. Though. <laughs> I don't know who he killed. Who did he kill? <laughs> he tried to kill. He, tried to kill he, killed, he, killed, he killed the. He killed the first guy. 
I'm stunned you guys know his name. R.I.P. Never forget. Hasim. Hasim had slit a few throats. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying it's a thing from this time period, and there's certain segments of the population who are pretty pissed about it and and, and want some revision, and and rightfully so, in in my opinion, and I I agree that it's kind of a thing. But People are offended by stuff? What a shocker. Jordan, like (laughs) I was saying, we're on the Oasis the Aladdin reveals that he bamboozled the genie. I didn't technically say I wish, but but we get a very telling thing from the genie. Aladdin asks him, what would you want? And, and what does the genie say? The genie is desperate to be wished freedom. Um, he's been locked up for millennia, I guess, and he, he just wants to be free. 10,000 years. Ten Can you be such yeah. a crick in the neck? Sorry, go ahead. No, that was pretty much it. Wake up! <laughs> but he's got to wake up and smell the hummus. That's not gonna, not gonna happen for him. Um, just wants to be free, and he, it's it's interesting. I this is one of those times when like Robin Williams is serious, and it it's really sad, like how much he's he just wants to like do his own thing. But oh, to be free! <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And Aladdin promises that the third wish that he will that he's got a wish will be to to free the genie. But but in the meantime, he uses his first wish to to become a prince. Uh, Abu becomes an elephant. Uh, Stevie's favorite. Um, Steve, you already mentioned it, but "Make Way" from Prince Ali is a pretty great song. Um, were there any other highlights other than the Macy's Day Parade lady that, that stood out to you? <laughs> they look beautiful, don't they, June? Uh, <laughs> it's the it's my favorite part of the whole movie. It is great. Um, it's pretty cool the way that like the genie moves throughout the crowd, like going to different transformations and like different yes. lyrics throughout it. It's really cool to watch that. Um, I also love the part where uh, what is it? Jafar is like starting to like get red eyes over the, the Sultan, and the way the Sultan runs is so funny. It's like a scamper. <laughs> 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 and so when he hears like the music and the elephants coming, he like scampers towards the door, and it's so <laughs> funny. Yeah, just watched um, it. It's funny. Just little stuff like that. It's like really humorous. But uh, I honestly, I mean, it's probably, what do you think? Like probably the second biggest like production song in the movie. He's got the monkeys. He's got the monkeys. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I really love it. And and like you mentioned, Jafar is not <laughs> pleased with Prince Abubu's uh, Prince Abubu. <laughs> appearance. <laughs> On the scene, um, nor is Jasmine pleased about uh, Prince Ali, the Sultan, and Jafar making this decision for, for decisions for her. Um, she's not a prize to be won. She she says as she storms out of the room. Um, and we fast forward to the courtyard. We we mentioned some of the great impersonations, and we'll play some clips here of of Rodney Dangerfield. I can't believe it. I'm losing to a rug. And Jack Nicholson impersonations that he, that he does. All right, Sparky, here's the deal. If you want to court the little lady, you got to be a straight shooter. Do you got it? And and Jeannie does step aside and says, all jokes aside, just, just be yourself and tell her the truth. And uh, Aladdin completely ignores this advice and, and continues to lie. But... <laughs> But Brett, there's no one else on this podcast who I'd rather go to to describe this next sequence. He 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 repeats the line, "Do you trust me?" After faking his own suicide to get her attention, which is a good good lesson for the kids. Um, <laughs> but we have the Grammy and Academy Award winning song 
whole new world. Oh. Brett, tell tell us about the sequence. Well, first of all, as my favorite Disney song, but like the actual recording. I also like the Disney version as well, but I mean, they just go on a, a magic carpet ride. I mean, Ooh. they just go flying <laughs> <Nice>. around. <laughs> Mad props, Brett. Ooh. Oh, it was a little pitchy. Sorry. Um, you made it your own dog. No dog. It's going to be no dog. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but are we going to have a debate about the subliminal messaging or are we just going to like. When was that? I, I was swimming there on the balcony. It doesn't matter. We, we can skip. I heard. I heard Josh say it earlier, and that was like a we had the old tape, and I swear on my life that we heard that stuff. Now they can say whatever they want, but that's fine. Um, Wait, you really think that? I, no, I don't Wait, think. Just say I mean, it I out loud. Kid. What what specifically is is said? Is this is it is this conspiracy, no, Brett? No. I mean, again, the, the I always we always thought we heard them say, "Good kitty, take off your clothes," but apparently, it's "Good children, take off your clothes," hmm. and that's even worse. Oh, it's way worse. <laughs> a lot of That's, people say it's good teenagers take off your clothes, which right. is what yeah, I said I mean, like, at the it's opening. Like a, yeah, it's like a like a debate, but and then like when we bought the DVD, like fifteen years later, that was like definitely. I don't think it was there anymore. No, or they, it was, it's like, like the priest boner in Little Mermaid. Yeah, or like the sex in Lion King and all that crap like that. SFX. So, yeah, Where was this at when they're on SFX, the balcony? Yeah, yeah, the penis in Little Mermaid was definitely one. Uh, yeah, uh, the when uh, what's the tiger's name? Is that Raja? Raja. Raja like comes up on him. Raja is like getting on Aladdin and it go it cuts to down below and the genie's like, How's it going up there? And they like he's like, ooh, ooh, ooh. He like pulls out his I don't know. It's not uh. doing so good. But anyway, yeah, so they're they go just go flying around on the magic carpet, he sings to her, they sing to each other. It's like the perfect date. I mean, it kinda It's like the best first date ever, I guess, even though he's kind of lying. Oh, man, they go really high. I'm watching it in the background. They go everywhere from Hercules to Mulan in this movie. They cover half the world. They go to Mulan! I have a big problem with this song, though, because I think it's the same song. You guys know that song, I Had the Time of My Life? It's like, it's really that same thing. What? Well, most love songs have uh, basis in the... Love. Love, Yeah, love. Love's the the subject. You really think it's that much alike? Uh, I just hate this song. It's like too oh, much for me. Is it the same? It's like oh, a whole new world, and don't you dare it's all close because your of eyes, you. Josh. And it gets better. We're gonna of take course, turns singing. A man this is who really idolizes corny. Jafar would hate. Yeah, of course, <laughs> yeah. Movie about bringing people together. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's like really like the literally the most romantic date ever. We're, we're, I don't know what they. they it's stop an awesome off on part of the movie. Josh. crushes it. Yeah, I mean, he makes every guy look bad. I mean, I had a pretty good first date, but good this for is Prince good. of Boo Boo. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a good thing he has this rug that has like infinite energy. Uh, it's a magic carpet, dude. Yeah, hey, man, leave those tassels alone. Like we learned from Fast and the Furious, chicks dig cars. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they do. That's actually true. 
He's the fastest. It really tied the date together. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. And A Whole New World was performed by Brad Kane, who's kind of a nobody, and Leah Salonga, who's a somebody. She also did the voice for Stevie's number one princess of all time, Mulan, the singing voice. What's up? Yeah, so she's she's definitely some Disney royalty there. And then they have a kiss on the balcony, um, but his happiness was short-lived as Aladdin gets to the carpet. hit over the head and thrown in... Whatever the biggest body of water is in the desert, apparently, um, where he sinks, <laughs> sinks to the bottom. I mean, Mikey, this I remember this. This seems like fucking intense for a children's movie. He's drowning with a big ball uh, and chain. Around yeah, his- he's got the old uh, concrete shoes on. He's swimming with the fishes. Aladdin <laughs> swimming with the fishes, <laughs> and uh, he, for some reason, he keeps his uh, lamp in his hat, uh, which. Is not very comfortable, but it falls off and then it kind of <laughs> slides down and happens to rub against his hand. So the genie pops out and then uh, the genie kind of makes up a wish for Aladdin to get him out of there. And he turns into a sub and that part is kind of funny, actually. <laughs> <laughs> turns into a sub. <laughs> and then he flies out of the ocean. To rewind a little bit, though, I think what makes that part so terrifying, Pappy, is Aladdin is like pillow talk smoking a cigarette after kissing jasmine relaxing <laughs> and he just gets like beat out of nowhere and gagged and it is horrifying mm-hmm. he's like i don't know i remember seeing that kid that shot as a kid and i had some nightmares about that one and it feels get in, get in the van <laughs> but not about <laughs> jafar <laughs> some nightmares that aladdin escaped like what the fuck it's <laughs> terrifying <laughs> You can't so this guy. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, like we mentioned, Aladdin escapes. He kind of breaks the spell over the Sultan. You, can, you see through sees through the hypnotism. Um, Iago says we got to pack light uh, as Jafar's jigs up a little bit. But Jafar saw that Aladdin has the lamp and starts to hatch this plan. And Josh, I think it's fair to say at this point in the movie, Aladdin, and I really, I really like this that Aladdin is starting to feel guilty, like really guilty about the lies he's telling. And I remember this being really hard to watch as a kid because like he lets down the genie and everyone gets pissed at him. It's, it's sad, kind of. Yeah, the carpet and Abu are looking th- at him through the window and he's like, what are you looking at? And they like mm-hmm. sadly go away and he like shoves the genie under a pillow and stuff. And like Aladdin had like... He's been lying, and I can't even imagine what the socioeconomic repercussions are of just becoming a prince out of nowhere. It's true. Um, Inflation has got to be out of control (laughs) in the city now. Yeah, so like all he's basically like Bernie Madoff at this point, and there's got to be a lot of guilt just racking him. Um, I don't know. I think he deserves to be banished by Jafar later on. Basically, <laughs> I mean, I, the line that always really gets me is when the genie is like sh- shrinking back into his lamp, and he goes, "I guess you lied to me after all. You lied to everyone else. Like that's pretty sad." Oof, yeah, from like yeah. a really happy, like manic character who the, who the genie was. But um, like like we mentioned, I- Iago runs kind of a, a con, and it is re- is well set up. It's established that he can like do a perfect imitation of someone else's voice. And he uses that to distract Aladdin away during his time of need to to snatch the lamp. And the whole kingdom turns out to celebrate Aladdin being named uh, <laughs> Jasmine's uh, new husband. Um, 
But let's, Josh, let's go to your brother because you don't need any more Jafar questions. <laughs> Jafar gets Dang. the lamp, Josh. What does he wish for? Jafar's first wish. This is such a better question for Josh, though. Ooh. Does Josh know? Yes, of course I know. He wishes to be a sultan on high. <laughs> <laughs> Which the suddenly ripped, really mean-looking genie literally interprets by putting the palace on top of a mountain and ripping the clothes <laughs> off, off the other ones. Sorry, kid. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I got a new master now. Before we move on to Jafar, just in this end fight and stuff, I think it's important to point out, like... When Aladdin showed up and they had this, he's a fake prince. He really is a fake ass prince. And he shows up with this huge parade and the king and Jasmine are all emotional. And Jafar's like, he's like interrogating the guy. And if you watch the movie closely, like he really asks like, so where are you from? Like, and Aladdin gives him some BS answer, like further than you've ever gone. And then he's like, he pushes further later, and this isn't. This is a part where, like, my theory isn't even much of a stretch. Where Jafar is literally like, he's really playing the role of a trusted advisor, asking <laughs> the hard questions, and he's snuffing out this fake ass prince. Is he not? Perfect. And then here, in the, where we're at, in the plot, he steals this fake ass prince's lamp away from him, and I think it's kind of hard to argue with his justification at that point. Do you work at InfoWars or something? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> He's a bad guy. He's Seriously, a bad Josh. Guy. He kills the very first guy we meet in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I man, I'm not saying everything well, he, was he doing does wasn't is that perfect. Bad. Think about it. He's just trying to do good by the by the people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he has much blood in his. Like Shazim's blood, I guess, is on his hands, but Shazim chose to step like he's a grown-ass man let's go he knows what's up how many other suitors do you think jafar has just wiped out before we come to a lab <laughs> many Seriously. many suitors i don't think princess. so this as presented on screen iago just gave him that idea to marry the princess like with three days left and if he were trusted he would have said no who better to trust the kingdom with than himself? Aladdin doesn't even know how to read. How is he going to run the kingdom? Dude, man. Maybe the princess will. Yeah, yeah Josh, why can't the princess why run the kingdom? Why can't she run it? <laughs> She's a Staunch quick learner. Josh. Women can't do things. <laughs> well, the sultan makes it very clear she needs to be taken care of. He says that. Take care of her? Jafar like, could take, take care of her. Take care of her? No. So Jafar rips through his <laughs> He really rips through his two wishes pretty quickly. He uh he, he wishes like Josh said to become a sultan on high and then wishes to become an all powerful uh sorcerer. Um, sorcerer. And this is this is Josh's apparently favorite song of all time, the reprise of, of Prince <laughs> Ali. Uh, which is playing in the background, but uh, there is a really funny scene where uh, Jafar goes, Jaf- Jafar goes, bow down to me, and the Sultan like literally instantly bows, and Jasmine's like never, and like the Sultan goes, oh never, and like stands up real quick. Like, Oops. <laughs> um, but 
he he banishes Aladdin to some some mountain on, on the far end of the earth, and there's some actually really cool early use of CGI. Might as well be. Yeah, of of the of the tower thing kind of rolling down tower of joy um, yeah. and aladdin finds a rug and he's on his way back um he, he kind of buster keaton's his way through the hole in, in the thing falling down um <laughs> but awesome. he ends up he ends up back at the palace and it's time for the final showdown uh, mikey mikey what goes down in this like now red super sexualized version of jasmine um version of the palace how, how does this all wrap up yeah, so uh, I guess they're in hell now. Uh, everything is on fire. <laughs> what? Uh, but Jafar is now like an absolute unit. He's like a giant. Uh, <laughs> he's just a giant man. And then uh, Aladdin uh, shows back up and kind of sneaks up. And Jasmine sees him as he's trying to sneak up behind Jafar. And she's distracting Jafar. Your beard is so twisted. <laughs> yeah, your face is so such a different color than your neck. Uh, Stevie, <laughs> Pappy, you guys have seen the most Disney. Are there a lot of Disney princess seduction scenes? Not really, is actually. This, it? this might be about it, honestly. Like using the good looks to get out of I mean Not this overtly for sure. I don't think Not any. this overtly, yeah. yeah, no. Yeah, I can't think of any. Yeah, Jafar also has like a weird line, bef- like right before he uh, throws Aladdin into the mountain or whatever. It's like, "Come here, pussy cat," or something. It's like, "Whoa, Ooh. I don't remember that." But uh, yeah, he then he t- turns into a snake, and that part is actually really cool. That's some pretty cool a- animation, and he's fighting Aladdin, and then uh, he kind of tricks Jafar once more because he has one more wish left, and uh, he. Makes him wish to turn turn himself into a more powerful genie than genie, uh, but what comes with that is becoming imprisoned in the lamp. So it's kind of how Aladdin tricks Jafar. Kid who can't read tricks the all powerful genius Jafar. And I think it ties in pretty nicely too, like thematically, like Aladdin. It never thinks that he's good enough, and kind of Jafar's downfall is that he's he's trying to become more than he is, and and he's already the most powerful sorcerer in the world, but that's not good enough. And that's kind of like how he gets gets tricked. But yeah, you're right. That's that's pretty much almost roll credits. Uh, I mean, he he has his phenomenal cosmic powers in this itty bitty living space. Uh, Aladdin <laughs> uses his last wish to free the genie, and Jasmine chooses Aladdin, and he says, "You can call me Al," which is another great. <laughs> <laughs> reference yes. um i mean that's that's pretty much it like the the movie ends pretty quick the, the genie gives a little major look thing and then the, the movie ends pretty pretty abruptly um any any final thoughts on aladdin from you guys anything we missed there's a great part you skipped over where um what's his face jafar gets the lamp for the first time and when he rubs it genie comes out and he's like you know al i'm really and he spots jafar and he opens up the screenplay and goes, tonight's part of L will be played by a tall, dark, and sinister ugly man. <laughs> it's so funny. He does it another time, too, and he, he's kind of like, looks like Jeffrey Katzenberg a little bit, so I wonder if it was a little bit of a dig at him, but he's like, yeah, your next line is, I free the genie, and the script says Aladdin <laughs> on it. <sighs> really good. Can we, can we talk a little bit about the soon-to-be-released live-action Aladdin? 
So yeah, we're recording this on April 11th, Jordan. What, what are your <coughs> thoughts uh, after just seeing this this classic version? Uh, I'm I'm not sure. I'm I know I'm going to be disappointed by the cave lion and how that looks. That's my main takeaway from the from the trailers. <laughs> have they not already shown a? Yeah, have they not shown that already? They no, they did. It's just like basically a a cave in the side of a cliff kind of looking uh, thing. I don't know. It doesn't look that cool. Um, I don't know. Like, what what do you guys think about this? There's absolutely no way that Will Smith is going to live up to being the genie. Zero chance. No. Mm-hmm. And that's half the movie. And I don't think they can sneak in as many, like, weird lyrics during the songs. I feel like people will get pissed about that. Didn't the new trailer look good, though? It looked better than I the original. Define good. Yeah. Because I haven't watched it yet, but I mean, like, it looks ridiculous before that. But because when you watch this movie, like, if you take Robin Williams out of this movie, how good is Aladdin really? Yeah, yeah. And it's a really good point. I <laughs> don't know why they're doing a live action with Will Smith when it's just not possible to do what Robin did. So I have very low expectations for the live action one. But you guys are more of a fan than Guy Ritchie. Do you think he was the right choice to helm? This project, or I mean, Guy Ritchie's like known for British shoot 'em up, like really fast paced. Yeah, like I don't know. I mean, I think every movie Guy Ritchie movie I've seen, I liked, I like a lot. So I, it seems out of his element, though. For sure. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how it's gonna work. I mean, I think he's a good director. He's just trying to get enough money so he can do Man from Uncle Two, and that's all his fans want. I hope he does. I don't think you can say no. Yeah, I think part of the amazingness of this Aladdin movie is the lightning in the bottle capturing Robin Williams like in the animated sense. Like, yeah. how awesome is it to see him actually transform into these different personalities as he's going off the cuff? Like the ma- animation is incredible. Pap, you talked about the guy who did Jafar earlier. I know the guy who did the genie is kind of a legend in his own right too, right? Eric like, Goldberg, yeah, he's really good. Do you know much about him? Um, I don't. I I don't have like I didn't write down his full history. Like he did the uh, Rhapsody in Blue sequence from uh, Fantasia 2000, which is like by far and away the best sequence from that film. Um, I don't know. He, I mean, he's like a, a lead character designer on on all these Renaissance movies. Um, yeah, he's pretty legendary. I actually heard an interview saying that like. You know how Robin Williams speaks a lot in Yiddish in this movie? Like, one, like one of the visions that he and Robin Williams talked about were, were a Jewish genie becoming friends with an Arabic character. And that's like way, mm-hmm. way, way buried in the subtext. But it's still like a really cool thought to have, I yeah. think. And I heard that the animator, to, in part to convince Robin Williams to take this role... Uh, animated one of his stand-ups, like a section of it. So I wish really? that would get leaked at some point. It's probably pretty awesome. So uh, one one final thought that I had before we go to na- yes or no is just a kind of a crazy fact about this movie is that they had the the storyboards completed and, and the storyboards were shot. Uh, the voice acting w- was was done to a certain extent. Like obviously Robin Williams hadn't done it, but they they debuted it to Jeffrey Katzenberger, uh, Jafar Katzenberger, the the infamous president of Disney Animation yeah. at the time, on Holy Thursday, and he fucking hated it. And what came to be known as Black Friday, Good Friday, the day after, demanded that the whole thing be reworked and that they wouldn't push the deadline by a day. So they had 
literally four months. They literally had to restart the whole film process, and then they restructured the story in eight days, redid the uh, storyboards, repitched the story, and he improved it. Um, and and that's the people talk about that time. And they're just like, yeah, we didn't sleep. Like it was some of the most challenging times of our our career, and it, it really is kind of a miracle in a lot of ways that this movie turned out the way it did given that really tight um was time was he right though you know i don't know it 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 sounds like in that earlier version like from what i can what i heard aladdin was like a little kid like a little little kid like 12 and like his mom was a big part of the movie and that the relationship with his mom was more at the heart of the film but there was still a romantic interest in jasmine so it just sounds like a really different movie it's tough to say and and as far as i know Mm -hmm. no one's seen those original storyboards and disney will definitely keep it that way but let's let's jump into our yes or no's jafar josh why don't you go first and and let us know what you think about Jafar josh you love that name i just think (laughs) he's by far the most interesting character so i loved geeking out on jafar this time around watching it from his like beetle that came in two parts to the mystic blue diamond that we didn't even talk about. He has like that Sands of Time thing. Um, he, like the snake thing that he hypnotized the Sultan with. I'm pretty sure that he was actually using that uh, to help the Sultan's mental health. Um, <laughs> he's like a psychiatrist <laughs> and most trusted advisor. I'm just saying, I think he's a pretty cool character. This movie is like a five star. Yes, this is like the best Disney movie of all time. What? Huge. For me, it, it is, and it's hugely nostalgic. Um, I don't like study Disney as much as Pappy and Stevie do, so this one in particular is like my prime Disney-ness. So, huge thumbs up. I like. Is there? You have a huge list above it, Stevie. Oh yeah, that yeah. was that was a crazy what? I mean. It's- I'm with Josh on this one, at least right up there. It's in my top 15, um, it's, which is pretty fucking good. I would say good. a top 15, <laughs> top 20. Yeah. Jeez Louise, you people. Uh, Mikey, why don't you go next? Brett, you haven't even seen Mulan. Do not judge my Disney list. Uh, I'll agree with uh, Josh, besides besides the Jafar praise. Uh, yeah, this is like my Disney movie, too. This was right at the time when I think I first started watching movies, so this was pretty important to me. And I hadn't seen it in so long, so uh, watching it again, I just picked up on so many jokes that I never even heard or context for jokes that I've never even heard before. So I think it was hilarious watching it this time around. And I think it still holds up, and the music is amazing in this movie. And the animation is really slick. There's some really cool scenes. I think the snake scene at the end is uh, one of the better-looking animated scenes. And uh, I, I loved it. Um, I gave it five stars on Letterboxd, and I also said it absolutely does not need a reboot because I thought it was a really a, just a perfect movie, I, I feel like. So it's a yes. Hell yeah. Uh, let's go to the brother of the Sultan's most trusted advisor, Jordan. What do you give uh, Aladdin? <laughs> yes, dog. <laughs> um <laughs> No, I completely agree with what Josh and Mikey said so far. The songs are funny and tight. Um, They pack a lot in there, a lot that you don't pick up on as a kid, and that watching it years later that you 
you pick on you pick up on some more stuff. Um, the animation is really really good, and I I really enjoyed the movie. Um, I wish I hadn't waited so long to watch it since I was I don't know probably a ten. But yeah, it's a hard, hard yes. Maybe my hardest yes that I've had in spoilers history. Wow. Jordan, I showed Ellie and Jamesy, those are my two older girls, like half of this movie today for the first time, and it was pretty awesome. Like, Why only half? Well, yeah. they had to go to bed, but they were so scared Like when the tiger came up, and it was so cute. <laughs> <and> <laughs> Like, Ellie was already had the song, One Step, Honey, about you. She was, like, already... <laughs> it's the first time she'd ever heard it. And, like, going to bed, she was already singing it. It was the best. That's pretty awesome. Uh, Stevie, how about you? Uh, hell yes. I love this movie. And it's really interesting to see how the two animated um, animation teams worked versus the previous work in Beauty and the Beast. Um, especially when you watch, like, how detailed and refined that movie was animation wise and how like much more like caricature this movie is and i'd say like less refined it is um i absolutely love it and it's probably my favorite robin williams movie uh so hell yes dog what do you mean by less refined less detailed like if you like how do i put this it reminded me more of Lilo and Stitch than it does like another animated Disney with lots and lots of details. Because I mean, like the animation or the story. The animation. Okay. Like the genie's face is kind of lines. Everyone's where... faces, everyone's bodies is. I mean, especially like when it comes to expression, um, you can tell a lot very, in that. Very two D. Yeah. Two D so movie. It was pretty cool to watch that. Oh yeah, uh, Brett. Yeah, I, mean, I don't. Real quick, I didn't. I wanted to make this at the end before we did this. I don't want to give too much to Josh's. Um, I don't want to let him too much off the hook. But I'm looking at a list that's uh, top ten Disney characters who are actually the villain, and Aladdin is number ten on this list. So, just wanted to. <laughs> you're still crazy for thinking what you think, but just wanted to give you a Did little you read bit that of on a screen creep. rant. <laughs> Thanks, bro. <laughs> no. But uh, okay, uh, yeah, this is a definite yes. I, I I gave this a five star review as well. I think it's it's like the best couple year span I think Disney ever had was uh, the you know Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, and Aladdin um, all within a few years of each other. I think that was the best. And definitely yes, Robin Williams, great. I mean, not much else to say. Just awesome movie, hard yes. Hell yeah, and I'll go last. Yeah, this is definitely a hard yes for me too. The only thing I love more than than these renaissance films is pointing out the absolute hypocrisy and evil that is the walt disney corporation i would just like to say (laughs) that they are single-handedly responsible for extending the intellectual property ownership from 56 years to 120 fucking years after an original idea is made just to protect their main character mickey mouse and they more than any other company in the history of companies have benefited off of works in the public domain just to name a few also spent more on lobbying uh, yeah oh my god <laughs> every time mickey mouse was up for up for uh uh losing his intellectual property protection on paper you can see they're lobbying like 
triple, quadruple. So who knows how much is going on in the back end. But works that they've taken from the public domain are Aladdin twice now, Alice in Wonderland three times, Around the World in 80 Days, Beauty and the Beast, Cinderella, All the Music in Fantasia, Frozen, Hercules, Little Mermaid, Mulan, Pinocchio, Pocahontas, Princess and the Frog, Robin Hood, Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, Swiss Family Robinson, Tangled, Tarzan, The Hunchback and Notre Dame, The Jungle Book three fucking times now, and The Sword in the Stone. But good for them for owning an idea for 120 years. <laughs> Steamboat Willie. I have big problems. I, I love Disney. I love you. I don't want them coming after me. I don't love, I Disney, love Disney, but I love the movies they make. God damn it. They're so fucking good. Hard yes for me. So... I guess 95 years. Pap rant. That was a good old fashioned pap rant. So let me open up the trivia <laughs> page here real quick. Um, we're just going to get a old, good old fashioned closest to Woo. the number and what we have today. So, like I mentioned, uh, Ron Musker, Ron Clemens, and John Musker are studio legends, and together they directed The Great Mouse Detective, The Little Mermaid, Aladdin. Hey. Hercules, Treasure Planet, which was their passion project for some fucking reason, The Princess and the Frog, <laughs> and Moana. Those seven films, what is their combined worldwide lifetime gross? Great Mouse oh Detective, gosh. Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Hercules, Treasure Planet, The Princess and the Frog, and Moana combined worldwide lifetime gross. And I have the order at Josh... Mikey, Jordan, Stevie, Brett, based on um, most recent to least recent host. Um, Wait, Josh, sorry, what was it? Josh, your... money, me. Yeah, Josh, Stevie Mikey, Brett. Jordan, Stevie, Brett. Yeah. Uh, Great Mouse Detective, Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Hercules, Treasure Planet, Princess and the Frog, Moana. Seven movies. How m- seven worldwide. movies total. Hmm. Varying degrees of hits for sure. Oh yeah, I'm gonna say. Oh my gosh, dude! <laughs> I'm gonna say nine hundred and fifty million. Oh, I thought you were gonna say a billion. I was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many zeros. I have to like. Okay, got it. Uh, Mike, that was hard to say. I'm gonna say. Uh, 1.75 billion. Oh, that's a good guess. Is that enough zeros? I need one more zero. <laughs> it's a lot of zeros. Okay. Uh, Jordan. I'm going to say 949 million. 949. That's not a good brother pick. Uh, taking the Jafar pick. Uh, Stevie. <laughs> it is. So it was Little Mermaid, Great Mouse uh, Detective. Great Mouse, uh, great, great Mouse Detective, Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Hercules, Treasure Planet, Princess and the Frog, Moana. Legends, really. And that's pretty, pretty good. Know. Pretty good resume. That's what's like really tripping me up. What Josh say? Josh said uh, 950 million. <laughs> That's so close. Um, I'll just throw it out there. I'll say, uh, let's say two point four billion. Two four. Whoa! How many zeros? 
one more zero. <laughs> <laughs> what did Mikey say? Uh, 170. One, 175. 175, yeah. Uh, Brett, last Billion. but not least, we have 950, 1.75 bill, 949, and 2.4 billion. <laughs> Oh, my original guess is going to be really high, and then I was hoping Stevie would go low. Um, I mean, Aladdin itself made over $500 million. Uh, I'll go... What was Stevie again? Uh, 2.4. I'll go $2.4 billion and $1. You're not supposed to be Googling. <sighs> I'm not Googling. I looked at it earlier. Uh, let me add the one. I'm probably wrong anyway. Okay, so just a real quick: Great Mouse Detective, thirty-eight million and change. Ooh, Little Mermaid, two hundred eleven and change. Aladdin, five hundred and four million. Hercules, two hundred fifty-two million. Oh, Treasure I'm Planet, one hundred nine million. Uh, Princess nope. and the Frog, two hundred sixty-seven million. And Moana Oof. with six hundred and forty-three million dollars brings the total to two billion dollars. But two billion, twenty-six million, six hundred eighty-six thousand, no, three hundred and forty. The closest is Mikey, Mikey for only sure. by a difference of two hundred seventy-six million. I have an Excel spreadsheet <sighs> with some formulas to help me with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mikey, we'll give you some time to think about uh, the Return of Jafar, which will clearly be your next pick uh, while we toss it to Spoiler Man. <laughs> Spoiler Man here. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Just a reminder, you can win a free Letterbox Pro account by sending us any Aladdin fan art. It could be a painting of Josh making out with Jafar. It could be a stick figure Gilbert Godfrey. Or you can even make a meme in Photoshop. Just slide into our DMs at podcastspoilers or email us podcastspoilers at gmail.com for your free Letterbox Pro chance to win. And thank you to Letterbox for hooking that up. And we're back. Uh, real quick shout out to Jack CC, Go Hawaii, and Wolftron, who we use their music all the time. I don't think we thank them enough. But Mikey, what will be the new movie that we'll be spoiling next week on this show? Uh, yeah. Uh, I was a little hesitant to choose this movie because I hold it so close to my heart. It's Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh. So Josh will have someone to identify with in the Nazis and <laughs> What? <laughs> well there you have it We'll be hanging out with Indianapolis Jones Next week on Spoilers Thank you for listening That was Spoilers Is there a list of the songs? I mean, does it matter? Yeah. I think I got them. I think I got them all. This is a specific uh, song that I want to know if it has a name. You're talking about the Robin Williams like entry song? No, the song at the end with Jafar when he like reprises Make Way for Prince Ali. Called Make Way for Prince Ali. Parentheses reprise. <laughs> okay. Nailed it. I think that's my favorite song. Good to know. I mean, it's not my favorite, but it's like all t- like all time <laughs> favorite song. Probably the most on brand song for Josh. Let's see. Brett, how close are you to being ready? Can I go pee? That's a good sign. There is no Brett.
Brett, Brett was never here. Brett was in our hearts all along. <laughs> Whose lives were too good to last? <laughs> Dude, there were a few lines in here that I remember you saying like in our childhood growing up. Some random Jafar lines. Ugh. Another suitor for the princess. <laughs> yes, that's the fucking one. <laughs> How often could that possibly come up? Get out of all lines. No, <laughs> that's the one where he said it, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Josh said that so many times when we were kids. Anytime anything would repeat, it would just make <laughs> way for that joke. 